0: Episode 6, 53-year-old women, recently diagnosed with systemic sclerosis, comes to the emergency department with headache, increasing dyspnea, malaise and nausea. Her medication includes lesnoprazole for heartburn and Nifedipine for finger discoloration and pain. Okay. Physical examination reveals distress and anxious women. Her blood pressure is 235 by 117 and pulse is 120 per minute. She is. Uh, she has skin visible skin tightening over the face, arms, and forearms, and legs, and chest. She has uh, uh, difficulty opening her mouth due to tightening of the skin around the mouth. Lung examination show bilateral inspiratory crackles. Laboratory studies are as follows: hemoglobin is 6.9 gram per deciliter, platelet is uh, 57,000, and leukocyte count is 5,700. Total bilirubin is 2.2, creatinine is 3.8. Cretinia is increased, leukocyte are normal, platelet is increased, reduced, hemoglobin is reduced and total bilirubin is increased. So which of the following red cell abnormalities is most likely to be present in this patient blood smear? So this patient is having the scleroderma. According to me, this patient is having scleroderma, the crest syndrome because uh, there is uh, all this thing is there now. So what type of cells will see in the smear? Either it will be the birth cell, hovel jolly, cystocytes, birth cells, target cells, what type of cells? Okay, so the answer for this question was cystocytes. Because this patient has marked hypertension and acute kidney injury in setting of systemic sclerosis, that is scleroderma. So we diagnose this correctly. Suggest so scleroderma, renal crisis. Okay, remember that. If any patient is having scleroderma and there are features of acute kidney injury because creatinine is increased, and uh, also there are signs of marked hypertension so that means the patient is having scleroderma renal crisis which can occur in up to 20% of the patients with diffuse sy- cutaneous systemic sclerosis uh, and uh, the yeah scleroderma renal crisis usually occurs within first 5 years of the scleroderma diagnosis systemic sclerosis diagnosis okay. The first five years only. The likely mechanisms involves the increasing vascular permeability, activation of the coagulation cascade and increase in the renin secretion. Three mechanisms behind are increased vascular permeability, activation of coagulation cascade and increase in the renin secretion. Patients typically develop sudden onset of the renal failures without previous kidney injury. Okay, Without previous disease, uh, kidney disease, suddenly he develops the renal failure and there is malignant hypertension too. The signs of the malignant hypertension are headache, blurring vision and nausea. Although this patient doesn't present this sign, but still these are the signs of uh, malignant hypertension, headache, blurring vision and nausea. Urinalysis analysis can be normal or show mild protein urea. Peripheral blood smears can show microangiopathic hemolytic anemia similar to the hemolytic uremic syndrome and also thrombocytopenic thrombotic purpura. So one must remember that peripheral smear will present the same features. That means the peripheral smear will show the pesticides. Okay. Also, the disseminated intravascular coagulation with fragmented RBCs will be there. So, fragmented RBCs are simply known as cystocytes and there will be thrombocytopenia too. Now, when do we see birth cell? So, birth cell are echinocytes and echinocytes are the speculated appearing uh, red blood cells and with serrated ages and that can be seen in the liver diseases or end-stage renal diseases. So, one must remember if the patient is having liver disease or end-stage renal disease, then he can present birth cell too. On the peripheral smear births are less common in the acute kidney injury with uh, scleroderma so in case of scleroderma causing the acute kidney injury there will be no blood cell moving on to the howell jolly body howell jolly body is a basophilic remnant of the nuclear part of the uh, nuclear part of the rbc which appears as small and black pellet in the rbc okay so howell jolly bodies are basophilic remnant of nuclear nucleus that appears as small black pellet in the rbcs okay and they are seen in the patients with a history of splenectomy or functional asplenia. If the patient is not having a spleen and there is a history of splenectomy, so that time you can see this. Howell jelly body are not seen in an healthy individuals as a spleen efficiently removes them. Okay, so in an healthy individual, we won't see the Howell jelly body because spleen removes the whole jelly body. Yeah. Remember that it's a nuclear remnant. It is seen in the splenectomy patients. Okay and how does this howls jelly body appears so there is simply a dot in the rbc which is dark purple in color okay moving further where do we see spurs cells spur cells are acanthocytes uh, acanthocytes with uh, simply the RBCs with irregularly sized and spaced projections that are commonly seen in the liver disease so spurs cells are the RBCs with irregularly sized and spaced projections that are commonly seen in the liver disease so spurs are seen in liver disease patient. birth cells are seen in liver disease and end stage renal disease where do we see target cells So target cells are the red bloods with the central density surrounding by the pallor it simply appears as a bullseye. okay so they are usually seen in the patients with hemoglobinopathies such as thalassemias and also in case of chronic liver disease so if you see a chronic liver disease especially the obstructive one then you will see the target cells also with hemoglobinopathies you will see the target ones okay moving further next question is a 55 year old man comes to the office for an annual visit medical history is uh, includes the hypertension and uh, hypercholestrolemia for which he takes the amlodipin and atrobastatin. He is adherent to his medication regimen. The patient feels well in general, but uh, over the past few months, he had difficulty achieving and maintaining the erection, despite having normal libido. He drinks 2-3 to glass of of wine daily and does not smoke. He works for a lawn care company and frequently driving the grass cutters. Okay, so he is frequently driving the grass cutters and he is working in a lawn care company. Blood pressure is 160 by 100 and pulse is 80. BMI is 45. Cardiopormonic examination is normal. Abdomen is no, soft and non-tender. The liver and spleen are not palpable. Laboratory results are as follows. Hemoglobin is 19. That is, there is too much hemoglobin. Okay. And uh, hematocrit is 57. That is, there is so many RBCs. And uh, next thing is the platelet. Platelet is 2,40,000. 40, it's normal. And leukocyte is 5,100. 5, it's all again normal. And the serum chemistry, the blood urine nitrogen is 14 and creatinine is 0.9. Creatinine is normal and I think blood urine nitrogen is also normal. So which of the following is most likely responsible for the patient's increase in the hematocrit? So what is causing this patient's increase in the hematocrit? Okay. So there are various options. The first is the carboxyhemoglobinemia. Is there carboxyhemoglobinemia which is causing this? But uh, since he is working in, in the grass cutter machines, I don't think there will be the carboxyhemoglobinemia. Next is the clonal proliferative proliferation of the myeloproliferative disorders, myeloid cells. Is this the cause? But no, number of uh, lymphocytes are normal. Next is the increase in diarthrocyte production. This may be. Plasma cell volume contraction. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I'm not sure about this. Yeah. Next is uh, testosterone deficiencies. So, since he's having an erection problem, it's because of testosterone deficiency, because he's having hyper... No, I don't think it's because of endocrine disorder too. So, simply the answer for this question was increase in the erythropoietin production. Okay? So what is the disease okay so this present this patient presentation is most consistent with the obstructive sleep apnea since he is having obesity that is BMI is more than 35 kilogram okay he was having a BMI of 45 I guess and is strongly suggestive a risk factors for the obstructive sleep apnea not all the patient has obviously respiratory symptoms like snoring and gasping of the ears so remember that if you don't see any sort of respiratory symptom that doesn't mean the patient cannot have the obstructive sleep apnea he can okay the sequelae of the obstructive sleep apnea is erectile dysfunctions and arterial hypertension, and these two findings were there in this patient. So remember that the sequelae of the obstructive sleep apnea is erectile dysfunction and arterial hypertension. Maybe what prompts the initial evaluation. Okay, yeah. So now let's talk about uh, something related to obstructive sleep apnea. So pathophysiology behind obstructive sleep apnea is relaxation of the pharyngeal muscles leading to the closure of the airway. The pharyngeal muscle relaxes, which closes the airway. Okay. There will be loud snoring with a period of apnea but we have no such finding in this patient whether he is having such type of snoring or not, okay. Daytime symptoms will be, uh, he will have daytime somnolence and non-restorative sleep with frequent awakening, okay. And morning headaches will be there, affect, affect the cognitive symptoms too, okay. This is affecting the cognitive symptoms too. The sequelae of this will be the systemic hypertension, pulmonary hypertension or right heart failure and we can also see the erectile dysfunctions. Okay. Yeah. In patient with obstructive sleep apnea, recurrent collapse of the pharynx during the sleep result in the transient airway obstruction. In case of obstructive sleep apnea, recurrent collapse of the pharynx during the sleep result in the transient airway obstruction. This causes short uh, short periods, 20 to 40 seconds of apnea or hypo, uh, hypoapnea hyponia okay which reduces the blood oxygen level okay the kidney responds to the hypoxemia by increasing the erythropoietin which stimulates the bone marrow differentiations and more red blood cells are formed therefore it is quite common for the patient with obstructive sleep apnea to have an elevated hematocrit, which was seen in this patient that he was having polycythemia okay the term polycythemia and erythrocytosis are often used interchangeably the polycythemia is laboratory finding of elevated rbc count and hematocrit relative polycythemia is due to reduction in the plasma volume whereas absolute polycythemia that is erythrocytosis is due to increase in the rbc cell mass and can be primary caused by polycythemia vera and secondary causes can be due to chronic hypoxia or erythropoietin producing tumor okay so this patient was having chronic uh, hypoxemia and since his bmi was so huge and uh, he had the symptoms of sequelae of the obstructive sleep apnea, erectile dysfunctions, and also the systemic hypertension. So yeah, these findings are suggesting that. Now, let's talk about some other options which we we'll discuss. Carbon monoxide poisoning increases the carboxyhemoglobin level, shifting the oxygen dissociation curve to the left side and resulting in tissue hypoxia. The kidney responds by increasing the erythropoietin, which may cause the erythrocytosis. However, this patient carbon monoxide poisoning typically have dizziness, headache, nausea, and confusion. This patient obesity and hypertension and erectile dysfunctions are most suggesting of the obstructive sleep apnea. Next point is the clonal proliferation of the myeloid stem cells causes radiocytosis in case of polycythemia vera. These patients are often asymptomatic, but the signs of increased viscosity such as transient neurologic symptoms and thrombosis, okay, and aquagenic puritis and gout are common. So this patient were not presenting this, so this is not the case of polycythemia vera too. Next is significant plasma volume contraction causes relative polycythemia because rbc are concentrated due to lower intravascular volume the patient's normal u- blood urea nitrogen and creatinine levels makes significant volume contraction very unlikely okay next is testosterone deficiency can cause erectile dysfunctions however the erythrocytosis can be caused by testosterone excess remember that erythrocytosis can be caused by testosterone excess not the testosterone deficiency the, it, this point might come in your brain like that te- testosterone was somewhat related to rbc but remember that testosterone excess leads to increase in the rbc production not deficiency obstructive sleep apnea is an independent risk factor for electoral dysfunctions and treatment with positive airway pressure may improve the sexual dysfunction okay so notably testosterone sub- supplementation even to normal levels can worsen the obstructive sleep apnea so remember that Next point. Next question is, a 28-year-old man comes to the office for follow-up. Two years ago, he was diagnosed with early-stage nodular sclerosis, Hodgkin's lymphoma, Chest, after a chest x-ray revealed a mediastinal mass. He was having mediastinal mass, okay, and he was diagnosed with early-stage Hodgkin's lymphoma. The patient underwent an chemotherapy and radiation treatment following up the imaging revealed no evidence of the disease, and he currently feels well the patient has no other medical problems and take no medication there is no history of tobacco use alcohol or illicit any drugs vital signs and physical examination are normal compared to the general populations, this patient is at greatest risk of which of the following so you have to say he has he has been given chemotherapy and he was having hodgkin's lymphoma so this condition can precipitate what so first is the diabetes mellitus second option is the osteoporosis third option is the primary sclerosing cholangitis the fourth option is rheumatoid arthritis And the last is the solid organ malignancy. Okay, so the answer to this question was solid organ malignancy. The patient with Hodgkin's lymphoma are generally treated with chemotherapy and radiation therapy, which cures more than 75% of the cases. However, these treatments are associated with serial long-term complications, including secondary malignancies. Remember that, okay. When we are treating the Hodgkin's lymphoma, it can lead to secondary malignancies. The radiation exposure increases the risk of the solid organs such as breast and the lung malignancies. And chemotherapy increases the risk of the hematologic malignancies. Remember that. It is an interesting point. Whenever a patient is exposed to some radiations, there is increased chances of solid organ malignancies such as breast and lung malignancies. And... If someone is given the chemotherapy, he is at increased risk of the hematologic malignancy. Most cases arise more than five years after the treatment. Remember that. Secondary malignancies can lead are the leading cause of the death. Okay. How in those who are already cured for Hodgkin lymphoma. Cardiovascular diseases can also be there in long-term complications of the Hodgkin's lymphoma. Risk of the coronary artery disease, wall damage, peripheral vascular disease and cardiomyopathy are increased in those who have been treated with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Cardiovascular disease can lead to the non-malignant cause of the death in the long-term Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor. Now, other common treatment related to the complications include the pulmonary diseases such as fibrosis and bronchitis and hypothyroidism from the chest radiations and neuropathy from the chemotherapy. So, there will be pulmonary fibrosis or bronchiectasis because of the radiation and all that. And There will be hypothyroidism because of the chest radiation and there will be neuropathy from the chemotherapy. So, if you have been given chemotherapy, then there will be neuropathy. And if you are given the radiation and all that, there will be pulmonary fibrosis, bronchiectasis and hypothyroidism. Now. Survivor of the Hodgkin's lymphoma do not have an increased risk of diabetes mellitus. However, the patients who have concomitant diabetes mellitus are at increased risk of the cardiovascular complication after the treatment. Next, early osteoporosis is often seen in those who take glucocorticoid, anticalvulsant and antidepressant. Remember that, okay. The patient who are taking glucocorticoid are at risk of osteoporosis. Anticulvincent patient who are taking the NV are at increased risk of osteoporosis. And also the patient who are taking antidepressant are at increased risk of osteoporosis. Risk is also increased in those who have disorder of calcium metabolism due to inflammatory bowel disease. Okay. Yeah. It can lead to inflammatory bowel disease and there can be a risk of uh, calcium metabolism disorders. Celiac disease and hypothyroidism and hyperparathyroidism, all these things causes calcium metabolism disruption of the calcium metabolism it is not likely to treat the hodgkin's lymphoma remember that okay next primary sclerosing cholangitis is often present with ulcerative colitis and lesser extent to crohn's disease it is not treated related to hodgkin's lymphoma rheumatoid arthritis can be an increased risk for the developing lymphoma Due to chronic immune activations and treatment with the alkylating agents such as azathioprine and methotrexate. But however, the lymphoma does not increase the risk of the rheumatoid arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis can increase the risk of lymphoma but lymphoma cannot increase the risk of the rheumatoid arthritis. Next question. 25 year old women comes to the office due to heavy menses. Over the past few months, the patient's menstrual period have been lasted for more than seven days. That was usually uh, three days but now they are lasting for more than seven days in addition her menstrual, menstruation has been usually heavy and has at times bleed through her clothing while at work remember that okay the patient in an active volley, a patient is an active volleyball player but has not been able to play recently due to increasing fatigue and diffuse myalgias and bilateral pain in her wrist that requires a icing after practice there was bilateral pain in her wrist and she requires icing after the practice she has noticed that her forearms have become easily brewed in areas where the ball hits the patient takes no medications no tobacco no alcohol and no drugs temperature is 37 degrees Celsius that is 98.6 degree Fahrenheit blood pressure is 116 uh, by 76 mm of Hg. pulse is 76 per minute respiration is 16 per minute and there are Scattered Pachyche across the body with fewer larger ecchymoses on the forearm. The remainder of the physical examination is normal. Laboratory results are as follows. Okay, so what do we see in the laboratory? The CBC is, uh, yeah, in CBC, hematocrit is 37, it's a little bit more than normal. Plitrate is uh, 24,000, it's very less. And leukocyte is 11,000, it's okay, but above range. And in moving on to the coagulation study, PT is 12, APTT is 38. APTT, I think APTT is increase let's just see the normal values again before uh if you have any problem with the uh, normal values, just go to my previous lectures lecture 3 and 4 in that i have covered the normal values so that will help you but yeah remember that the activated partial thromboplastin time normal value is 25 to 40 seconds and the plate uh, and the prothrombin time is 15 to 11 to 15 seconds so both these times are normal there is no problem with it there, the only problem here is the platelet the platelet count is low so the uh, uh, peripheral smear shows normal or larger platelets okay so we see there are larger platelets so we have to find out what the defect is what is the next step in the evaluation of this patient either you should do anti-nuclear antibody screening second is ascorbic acid level test third is factor 8 assay fourth is hemoglobin electrophoresis fifth is platelet aggregation test and the last one is the one valibudin antigen uh, one valibudin level test so what one must do is so yeah this is a case of immune thrombocytic purpura okay so immune thrombocytic purpura is an acquired disorder marked by the formation of autoantibodies to the platelet surface glycoproteins which increases the platelet clearance in the spleen and inhibits the megakaryocytes okay so what happens in, in immune thrombocytopenic purpura Basically, it, has, it is an acquired disorder. There is formation of antibody to platelet surface glycoprotein, which increases platelet clearance in this plate and inhibits the megakaryocytosis. In In ITP, patient platelets falls less than 1 lakh, leading to prolonged skin and mucosal bleeding. As seen in this patient, there was heavy menstrual cycle and also there can be nasal bleeding, there can be chymosis and there can be petechiae too. ITP is a diagnosis of exclusion, therefore, other causes of thrombocytopenia such as drug induced thrombocytopenia, liver disease, hypersplenemia, liver diseases causing thrombocytopenia, hypersplenemia, microangiopathic immunitic anemias, bone marrow abnormalities must be ruled out. In ITP that is immune, thrombocyt- immune thrombocytopenia, leukocyte count, erythrocyte count and coagulation studies are normal. Peripheral smear show normal platelet morphology both normal size and large size platelet may be seen due to increased platelet turnovers so in these questions we were seeing a large size platelet no and you know how a giant platelet look like its size is less than rbc and also less than the but it's more as compared to the normal platelet size okay so if you see such type of cell don't confuse it with rbc it can be platelet a large or giant platelet too okay yeah ITP is characterized by either primary that is no dispensable cause or secondary due to underlying cause. HIV and hepatitis C are the most common secondary causes. So testing for the two conditions is generally performed, okay. Additional testing is warranted when specific signs and symptoms of another disorders are present. Okay. So if there is any other specific signs and symptoms of the, any some other disorders, then you do other testing too okay additional testing this patient's myalgias arthralgias raise a concern for an autoimmune disease such as systemic lupus erythromatosis so therefore for checking out that you must do an anti-nuclear antibody testing okay now let's talk about the immune thrombocytopenic purpura okay epidemiology is commonly acquired from the it, it is a common acquired form of the thrombocytopenia antibody formation is there often recent viral infection and comorbidities can be there for example hiv hcv or cll manifestations includes frequently asymptomatic the patient may be frequently asymptomatic or can have the mucosal bleeding or mucocutaneous bleeding such as in this case menorrhagia and also epistaxis can be there ecchymosis petechiae purpura can also be there severe hemorrhage is rare diagnosis is diagnosis of exclusion normal coagulation testing and platelet morphology peripheral smear see normal coagulation testing, platelet morphology in peripheral smear can be normal or can be increased. HIV and HCV are, uh, HTV testing is required. Commonly induces ITP, therefore we do that. Treatment is observation if no bleeding is there and platelet is more than 30,000. Corticosteroid is platelet is less than 30,000. And IV immunoglobulin and platelet transmission if hemorrhage is there. Okay, yeah. Now let's talk about the other options. The ascorbic acid that is vitamin C deficiencies causes impaired collagen synthesis that can lead to echymosis and palpable purpuras. However, most cases is severely malnourished individuals, those who are using alcohol and listing some drugs. So, such type of patients can have the vitamin C deficiencies which can lead to the collagen disorders and bleeding because of that. But this case was not so. rectified deficiency can cause the similar bleeding uh, but it is associated with prolonged PTT, so this time the PTT was not prolonged, it was normal, so it was not factor 8 deficiency. Mm-hmm. Haemophilia A is an X-linked disorder seen only in males and uh, be- which uh, can cause severe factor 8 deficiencies. Yeah. Haemoglobin electrophoresis is used to diagnose the thalassemia and a genetic disorders associated with anemias, microcytosis and target cells. But there was no target cell, there was no anemia and microcytosis on the peripheral smear, so it was not the thalassemia, and therefore, we don't have to do the hemoglobin electrophoresis. Hemoglobin disorders do not usually cause the thrombocytopenia. Platelet aggregation testing evaluation for rare disorders of platelet functions and in and is generally indicated in those who have normal platelet count and prolonged bleeding times. Okay, those who are having normal platelet count, prolonged bleeding times, there we see the platelet aggregation testing. Uh, requires the, yeah, we require the platelet aggregation testing. This patient thrombocytopenia makes ITP m- far more likely, okay. Platelet aggregation testing would not be indicated. Von Willebrand disease is associated with impaired platelet aggregation, which occasionally causes bruising and prolonged mucosal bleeding. However, PT and PT are normal, but PTT sometimes are prolonged, okay, because there is destruction of factor VIII also. So this was all about ITP. So one must remember that ITP is a diagnosis of exclusion. We have to rule out all the other causes, and then we have to see what can be the cause of either it can be a viral infections, and if other symptoms are there, then we have to see whether it, there is a systemic autoimmune disorders. And in this case, there was a systemic autoimmune disorder that was SLE and for which we have tested anti nuclear antibody. Now, a seventeen year old girl comes to the emergency department due to nosebleed that begins an hour ago after she was. Hit it on his on her face by a baseball. Okay, by a sorry, by a basketball. She pinched the nostrils about twenty minutes in an attempt to stop the bleeding, but the hemorrhage continued after the pressure was removed. The patient has a history of heavy, painful menses and takes schedule ibuprofen for first few days of her periods. Her last period was a week ago. However, uh, yeah, and her temperature is ninety nine degree Fahrenheit. Examination shows clear lung-filled and there is normal S1-S2 sounds. The liver span is 8 cm along the mid line and spleen is not palpable. Scattered echemosis are present on both arms and legs. Laboratory evaluation shows hematocrit is 36, it is little bit increased, platelet is 9,000, oh it's so less. And leukocytes are 5,500, normal. Uh, neutrophils is 60%, eosinophils 1%, Lymphocyte 32%, Monocyte 7%. I think monocyte are increased and fibrinogen level is 250. Normal is 150 to 350. So, it's again normal and PT is 13 which is again normal. Now, which of the following is most likely cause of this patient's conditions? So, yeah, she is having very low plated and because of which she is having epistexis and heavy, epi- she is having epistexis and heavy menstruations also. Uh, yeah, and uh, she has not had any such uh, other problems. Okay, and fibrinogen level is normal. So, it is. is it because of the block production of the thromboxin A2? Second option is, is it because bone marrow infiltrated by the malignant cells? I don't think it's the answer, so let's eliminate this one. Next is, decreased circulation of the bone Willebrand protein, but APTT is not mentioned. So, I don't think this will again be the answer. Deficient ts 13 activity? I don't think this will again be the answer. Next is... Hyperactivation of the coagulation and fibrinolysis. No, it's not DIC. Otherwise, fibrinogen level would have increased, and platelet auto antibody production. This can be the answer, and this is the answer. Okay, so this is again immune thrombocytopenia. Okay, yeah, this is immune thrombocytopenia. It's not immune thrombocytopenic purpura. It's simply immune thrombocytopenia etiology is platelet autoantibody preceding viral infections clinical presentation is petechiae, echymosis. there is mucosal bleeding presenting as epistaxis and immaturia laboratory finding shows isolated thrombocytopenia less than one lakh platelets is there few platelets can be normal size to large size on peripheral smears treatment is uh, in child we usually observe if cutaneous symptoms are only present or we can use glucocorticoids, IV immunoglobulins or NTD if bleeding is there. And in case of adult, we observe if cutaneous symptoms are there and platelet count is more than equal to 30,000. But if platelet count is less than 30,000, then we give them glucocorticoids, IV immunoglobulins and NTD if bleeding is there. Okay, so it's same. Okay, this patient has bleeding disorders bleeding episode, and isolated thrombocytopenia likely due to the immune thrombocytopenia. The immune thrombocytopenia is an autoimmune disorder in which IgG autoantibodies are formed against the platelet membrane glycoproteins which causes the increased platelet destructions and also there is inhibition of the platelet production. Presentation is most commonly seen in the healthy individuals of age. Healthy individual, that is healthy child of 8, 2 to 5 years, and adolescent with pettichia, echimosis, mucosal bleeding, such as the epistaxis and heavy menses. Other than the bruising, physical examination is generally unremarkable. The patients have normal liver span, that is 6 to 12. Normal liver span is 6 to 12 from the mid line, and he was having 8, so it's normal. And there is non-palpable spleen, so there is no such lymphoma or leukemia. Okay. Although the ITP is common cause of the isolated thrombocytopenia, normal hematocrit, and the leukocytosis, leukocytes it is diagnosis of exclusion prolonged bleeding wants uh, like prolonged bleeding wants us uh, work up wants the work up and with coagulation studies such as PT PTT and fibrinogen and also we see the norm uh, It these are normal in ITP cases okay observation is alone sufficient if they, it is mild that is cutaneous maleficent are only there in case of uh, children whereas glucocorticoid and NTD immunoglobulins for is for uh, RH positive and Coombs negative tests or intravenous immunoglobulins testing for bleeding hormonal therapy can be considered if the patient is bleeding heavily too heavily okay the other option was non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug that is ibuprofen blocks the thromboxane a2 which can impair the platelet functions but this would not result in thr- severe thrombocytopenia okay although NSAID blocks the thromboxane a2 there will there will be impairment of the platelet function that but not to that extent and also platelet will not destroy next is malignant infiltration of the bone marrow such as in leukemias typically results in pancytopenias okay yeah, but if, yeah, that was a situation, it would have the in pensytonis penias, not isolated system. Degrees in a more benefit, in fact, in adolescent girls with heavy menstrual bleeding, although the platelet is affected, but platelet count is normal. Adam T.S. 13 deficiency seen in thrombocytopenic purpura, which is characterized by thrombocytopenia and microangiopathic hemolytic anemia, not seen in this patient. Disseminated intravascular coagulation is associated with hypercoagulable, hypercoagul, hyperactivation of the coagulation and fibrinolysis. The patient have... Uh, typically have thrombocytopenia, microangiopathic, hemolytic anemias, low levels of the clotting factors such as fibrinogen factor 5 and factor 8 and uh, prolonged PT and PTT is there, okay. So yeah, we have discussed twice the ITP and uh, this is it for this lecture. I hope you guys are liking my series. If you do like, please let me know so that it inspires me and motivates me to make more and more question series. Thank you so much for listening.